What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 747 of I Doubt It. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the giggly, Brittany Elizabeth Page. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am. Um... <clears throat> right when we start the show. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it bodes well. No. It bodes well for the effort that, we'll, that we're doing um... here. <laughs> We we have little things that we sometimes do um, before we start talking, and <laughs> you just happened to do something very stupid that made me laugh. So, was it um, mock filleting the microphone? <laughs> no, is that what it was, was Brittany Page? It was, not. was I was I sensuously no. caressing and filleting the no. microphone? No, it wasn't. I that. wasn't doing that. It seemed like I was doing it to me. Um. <laughs> So an unexpected uh, laughter from you. We had <laughs> unexpected. We had um, we we had an announcement that we you're all we made. thrown off. We made an announcement. If you saw it on the social media pages, that we have a new dog. We did. We do. We yikes. we did get one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Keith. Keith is the dog's name. His name was Bobby, and that was too doggish. So we thought. What's a name that, like, a friend of yours or a dude? So we named him Keith. Yes. <laughs> and we are very happy with that name. Yeah, for sure. Very funny. He is a four-year-old rescue. So we got him from the same place that we got Popeye. And we saw his picture on Instagram, thought he was really cute, went to go meet him, tried to get talked out of that by they, the rescue people. They definitely tried to talk us out of him. They said that he has a lot of behavioral problems. The kennel staff like refused to take him out during the day because he chewed his leash. Every time he goes on a walk, he chews his leash. Used to. Yes, I'll get there. And would like jump up on the kennel staff when he was put they were putting the leash on him. He's an owner surrenderer and had been in the kennels since May. So yeah, he's miserable been in, life. he's been in there for months with a rescue volunteer coming once a day for an hour to work with him. Otherwise It's like solitary confinement. It's like a prison sentence. Yeah. And so he's learned to unfortunately pee where he lives and so he's not potty trained. So We've been working with that, which is not great. <laughs> it's, it's something I've never dealt with before. So we're both feverishly watching YouTube videos. Yeah. But he's not opposed to being in a crate, which is good because that's that's uh, an integral part of the way that we're pot- potty training. Him. Well, and he's also highly trainable. So we're hoping that that helps. I mean, yeah. the leash thing. He also used to attack hoses in the yard 
and none of that has been the case. In in as soon as we got him home, mm-hmm. that shit was done. Yeah, no leash aggression, no chewing of the hoses. Um, none of that is happening. So the main issue is the potty training. So if you have any tips for us, we would love to hear those. Yeah, for sure. It is something that we're 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 wanting to hear because neither one of us have any any experience in that area. He is let well get on to some of the good stuff. The sweetest, most gentle, beautiful boy. He's great. He is. Yeah, he's very sweet. Uh, is a lap dog, crawls, desperate to get as close to us as possible. Yeah. If you stop petting him, he tries to get even closer to you, crawls up to like lay on your face, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's very, very sweet. And we've had some people say, listen, you know, just know he's not going to be Popeye. Oh, we know. Yeah. That is quite evident. Well, it really puts <laughs> into light kind of what a bastard Popeye was in so many ways. I mean, we love him for it. Yeah. It made him who he was. Yeah, exactly. But goddamn. Yeah, he was... Not a cuddler. Um, he he was, was a chomper. He was a chomper. Um, <laughs> he did not like to be close, although he got a little bit like that toward the end. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, we're we're super excited. We're hoping the potty training thing works out. And, and if you want to follow him on yeah. Instagram, oh, yeah, of course, he is at the Bulldog Keith. <laughs> the Bulldog Keith. Yep, that's where you can follow all of his his journeys. Because apparently Bulldog Keith, one through seven, were already taken. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't know about you, but I think it's also been helpful for our grieving because we talk about Popeye still. I mean, it's not as though he's gone. And on his little shrine that we have to him in the house, he has one of his, we put one of his favorite ropes there. And Keith keeps trying to get it. He's very interested in why this one particular rope is one that he can't have. <laughs> And we're like, that's Popeye's rope. You don't get that rope. You're going right back to the fucking kennel. <laughs> we don't say that. We don't say that. Uh, but it is nice. We get to talk about how they're different and know oh, that Popeye would never do this. Yeah, or he, yeah, yeah. You know, so he is still a part of the conversation and we still love and miss him very much. But we're excited to have Keith join the family. So can we do something? Yesterday, I don't know if we were eating breakfast or whatever. But you started. We were asking, waiting for the Patreon call. Is that what? It, that's what it was. Yes. And you, you, you started asking me questions from some media outlet, mm-hmm. a quiz. Yeah. And I failed the first two questions, and then said, "Let's stop this." I think it would be interesting to finish the quiz. Mm-hmm. But explain what the quiz. Apparently, it's a bear quiz. It's a bear quiz, and, and... I, I, I failed miserably on the first two questions, which we should repeat. And, and say what my answers were, and then continue. Well, it's the New York Times bear quiz. Oh, it's the new the the, the gray lady. Is that what they call the New York Times? The, the 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 paper of record, and they have a bear quiz. Well, <laughs> apparently, bear attacks are something that people need tips for right now. So, uh, the first question: In any given year, given the averages, you are at least you are least likely to die from. A lightning strike, a shark bite, a bear attack, a snake bite. And then I, my my brain set to work, calculating. It's like the the scene from 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 Rain Man when all the equations are going over his uh, uh, past him. Right. And I said shark attack, and it was bear attack. Bear attack, because I didn't know it was a bear quiz yet. Yes. All right. Next next question that I got wrong. Yes. Okay. Next. And then we'll start fresh. 
me trying to figure shit out. You're out walking with your kids and dog in your leafy suburban neighborhood, just miles from downtown Manhattan. When you spot a bear in the park across the street, what do you do? Get closer and take a selfie? Try to pet the bear? Shout loudly to scare the bear away? Stop and enjoy it. Well, I now know that the answer is stop and enjoy it. <laughs> I thought it clearly it's not selfie, but I thought it was like make a bunch of noise and try to run the fucking bear away. But apparently you need to turn it into a tourist event. Well, according to a naturalist with the National Wildlife Federation, the best thing you should do is stop and enjoy it from a distance. He says once the bear spots you, the bear will likely run away. Yeah, that's not what I would do. I don't. I don't. Like, trust I wouldn't you. run away. I don't trust that. All right. Well, let's 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 move on with some of the questions that I haven't heard. All right. And I hope th- I hope the listeners are playing along, keeping track of how many they're getting right and how much they're beating you in this bear quiz. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh for how many questions are there? Twenty. Twenty. So, so buckle I'm, in, everybody. I'm I'm oh for twenty so far. True or false? Most bear attacks occur when someone has gotten within fifty yards of a bear. That is false. I, I think that, you know, I grew up. It's in, true. Really? You're, you're the to, worst at this was, bear quiz. I was getting ready to give my authority. Like, well, I grew up in northern Idaho where there actually is bear attack. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And yeah. I, I figured it was when you stumble upon a bear. Like, oh, shit, there's a bear. And then, rah, he fucking gets you. Well, most all of those were very realistic sound effects to what happens with a bear attack. Most bear attacks occur when someone has gotten within about 50 yards of a bear or half the length of a football field, though bears may charge from any distance. Yellowstone Park requires visitors to keep at least 100 yards away. Hmm. So there you go. Got to be careful with the bears. (laughs) All right. Most bear attacks occur when people are engaged in this activity. Hiking. Camping, fishing, hunting. These are all effectively the same activity. Same again. I'm leaning toward fishing. Hiking, camping, fishing, hunting. Let's say camping because you have food around you. Ooh, you failed again. Really? (laughs) Are you kidding me? No. The vast majority of bear attacks in Yellowstone Park, which spans Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho, involve hikers. Hiking. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you'll ever get any of these right. I, I'm not feeling very confident about it. In fact, I'm more worried about a fucking bear attack now than I ever have been. <laughs> it's increasing your anxiety. Yeah. Okay, question five. Just your luck. You've set out for a long planned hiking trip to Yellowstone and now getting a little worried. I'm sorry. And are now getting a little worried. To help avoid a run-in with a bear, you should plan to hike in groups of... One, two, three, the more the better. The more the better. Absolutely, without a fucking doubt. In fact, I'm just going to put a tally here in the correct column. You finally got one right. Yeah. (laughs) No, being by yourself is for sure way safer around a bunch of bloodthirsty fucking bears. Yeah. While hiking in Yellowstone, you should perhaps be most worried about a sudden encounter with a black bear, brown bear, polar bear. Polar bears are not in Yellowstone. <laughs> oh. uh, I would say black bear. 
Ooh. They're the coyotes of the bears. Brown bear. Really? Yep. God damn, I'm a bear dumbass. Of North America's three types of bears, brown bears tend to be the most aggressive. Oh, the most, not the most common, but the most aggressive. Well, no, that wasn't the question. No, no, no. I figured because there's more black bears, oh. you're, you're more likely to, like where we used to live, up, remember when I drove you up that crazy ass mountain road? Yeah, we I bumped into like getting dropped off by the bus and walking across the hill. Mm-hmm. We ran into bears all the time. Yeah, sometimes they hopped on the bus with you. No, I was... would just like put a saddle on them yeah. and then, <laughs> ride down the hill on a bear. It was yeah, a good yeah. time. When hiking in bear country, experts advise making lots of noise to alert bears to your presence. Wait a minute. I thought they said to stop and enjoy I know. See, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This noise-making method may be least effective in alerting bears to your presence. Clapping and shouting, wearing bear bells, (laughs) setting off an air horn, blowing a whistle. I would say whistle. I don't know why. Least effective. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't have said wearing bear bells, but the answer is wearing bear bells. Damn it. <laughs> uh, this it's, says, it's, it's a bummer because all my bear bells are in the shop right now. Get the, tuned. This says bear bells, which are small bells that can be strapped to the wrist or a backpack, may be too faint for the bears to so hear. just like... Fucking jingle bells. Why are they called bear bells? Like sleigh bells. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put sleigh bells in post right here. Question eight. Fina Kiefer was lost in the Alaskan wilderness in June after being chased off a trail by a bear. Fortunately, she was carrying this, bear which mace. experts say is the most effective bear deterrent in backcountry. Bear mace. Correct. Good job. Didn't even need to hear. What are the, what are the choices, though, for the audience? They are gone, and I cannot right. go back. All right. So, thank you. Sorry about that, everybody. Okay. You're hiking through the trails of Yellowstone and notice a bear across a distant field. Of the following activities, you probably most hope the bear is... Masturbating. Grazing, standing on its legs, yawning, swinging its head from side to side. Grazing. Yep, you got another one right. Nice. Obviously, you don't want it to be doing things that indicate that it is... Agitated. Yes. Okay. Is that the word they used? No, but that's what... Okay, (laughs) 10. The bear stops grazing and stands up on its hind legs. So this is a continuation. It's It's trying to locate you. Its nose in the air. Yeah. It has clearly noticed you. Not good. It puffs itself up and begins moving toward you. The worst thing you run can away. probably do, not do run away. at this point is... Do not run away. Stand your ground. Make yourself look as big as possible, waving your arms over your head. Yell loudly or run. Do not run. Correct. A plus. Nice. Running can incite a bear's predatory response. You know, Keith has the same issue. He actually does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 11. There's a tree nearby that you know you could climb. What's the minimal height you would need to ascend to be pretty sure the bear couldn't reach you? The bear will reach you. The bear- bears are climbing am- animals and he will. Well, it's that's why it says pretty sure. This isn't All right. a survival um, guide. It's just they're six, hoping for the best. 6,000 feet. All right. The options are 10 feet, 20 feet, 40 feet. 60 feet. 60 feet. That is correct. Yeah. They are excellent climbers and have been known to pull people out of trees from as high as 50 feet. 
let's just reflect on that <laughs> sentence for a moment. They have been known to pull people out of trees <laughs> from as high as 50 feet. Dear Lord. <laughs> So, I guess what they're saying is, we're not going to Yellowstone any fucking time soon. I mean, doesn't seem like a great idea. <laughs> All right. So, the bear is bounding toward you. You aren't carrying pepper spray. What do you do? Stand your ground. Wave your arms over your head. Try to speak sternly but calmly. All of the above. Where's Caesar Milan when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does that with bears. I think you yell and scream. Was that one of the... You're really not going to choose all of the above, huh? Oh, oh, yeah, all of the above. Okay, there we go. Wow, so. that's, now I'm even. Thank you, Brittany, for the assist. <laughs> um, we uh, have been watching a lot of Caesar Milan, by the way. Is this on 13, by the way? Are we on 13? We are on 13. Right. We have been watching a lot of Caesar Milan, and what is very funny is on every single episode, people say things like, I think Caesar's met his match. I don't know if he right. can handle this case. I don't want him to bite you. Like, they say things to him. We watched. It's wild. We did watch the one episode where he, like, corrects the dog with his psh or whatever. And the dog turns around to bite his ass. And the girl was like, no! Ah! And she's like, and he's like, would you let me do my thing? And she's like, I just don't want you to get bit. And he literally says, don't you know who I am? <laughs> Well, and he has been bit before, but he is. Yeah, but that's... It's remarkable what he does. It's gig. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's also remarkable how goddamn white that guy's teeth are. That's freakishly white, those teeth. Very... They look great. Okay, number 13. The bear is not bluffing. It pounds its front paws on the ground, huffs, and then continues to charge. What do you do? Fight back? Play dead? It depends on the type of bear. I'm going to say it depends on the type of bear, but... It, I would have, like, I think they say to play dead, even though at that point, you're just rolling the dice. I'd probably just run the fuck away. It depends on the type of bear. Yes! According to the New York Times, an old bear saying goes... Wow, wait a minute. <laughs> There's an old bear saying. It's like a game of, uh, of uh, wise, and, wise and otherwise. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. Most... <laughs> Come on, man. Come Most on. black bears... Even mothers with cubs would choose to run away from you, but a black bear that attacks is generally aiming to do harm. Try to intimidate the bear by shouting, raising your arms, and holding an object over your head to look taller. If it's a brown bear, do the opposite. Lie still, try not to make any sound, lying on your stomach with your hands clasped behind your head and your backpack on will help protect your vital organs and yeah, spine. God damn, you're fucked. You're just fucked. This is a nightmare. Listen, if there are sayings around how to deal with bears that are, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, back down. Lie down. You, oh, lie down. See, you you already won't survive if you go to Yellowstone. I'm You're not fucking, even picking this up. Uh, yeah, not good. This is not registering with you. If it's polar bear. There's not a saying for polar bears. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> brown bears can be distinguished by their prominent shoulder hump, small rounded ears, and a concave or dish-shaped facial profile, long claws, and blonde hair Is there tips a question in the... That in may, the... Be given, may be giving them a grizzled appearance, which shows a black bear. <laughs> I'm sorry, a brown bear, and it's literally a brown bear and a black bear. Yeah, we're not going to read that one. Clearly, the black bear is the fucking black bear. 
Okay, so anyway, this says, one important note, the color of a bear's coat isn't always a true indication of what kind of bear it is. All right. Doesn't that kind of cancel out everything we just learned about the previous response? Well, what if you're, what if you, if it's black fight back, but his coat's just a little brown and you made the wrong move and you were supposed to, 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 to back down or lay down or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So this one is another picture one where it was clearly, we're not doing picture. Well, we clicked the black bear and then they talk about geography because they say that most of North America's brown bears live in Alaska or Western Canada. Yeah. Fewer than 2,000 are found in the lower 48 in just four states, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and Washington. Do you hear me? Like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Because I'm the preeminent expert on bears. Yeah, we are gathering that from your (laughs) quiz score. And now I'm in the win column. Well, I had to help you, and two of them were pictures, so... (laughs) You're pictures I'm not even looking at, by the way. You're not even anywhere near me. Yeah, so you're <laughs> out hiking in bear country. I'm never going to be hiking in bear country. <laughs> are we done with this? No, you're hiking in bear country for sure. All of the following are particularly dangerous scenarios. Which of the following is perhaps the most worrisome? A large bear seems to be stalking you. <laughs> that wow. seems pretty fucking bad. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We're really, we're not drunk. I feel like we're, at, we're like doing a drunk segment right now, but we're, we're really not at all. We just found this to be a ridiculous quiz. Okay. Back to the question. You, you know, it makes us I seem mean like we're drunk when you say know, we're not drunk. I just need to clarify it because <laughs> this is getting absurd. Okay. So the stocking really bad. Second choice. A grizzly is feeding on an elk carcass. You're not good. A mother bear is grazing oh, with it. her cubs. That's it. Your dog comes running toward you, pursued by a bear. No, the, uh, the bear, the, the mama bear is the worst one. So, actually, you're wrong. It's the elk one? No. it's The dog one? It's the stalking one, the one that I had such a strong reaction to because it seemed so bad. I'm destined to die at the hands of a bear. Only about 5% of bear attacks are from predatory bears, but an attack by a lone predatory male black bear may be the most common cause of fatal black bear attacks I in North America. I thought if it's black, fight back. And they're just saying, you're fucking doomed, son. You're doomed. Okay, here we go. You're camping in bear country. Not going to happen. You've suspended food tw- 12 feet off the ground. You've set up camp away from trails. I was going to say, have they seen me? I've never suspended food. Where bears are more <laughs> likely to travel. Experts also advise all of the following precautions, except store clothes with food stains in a Ziploc away from your camp. Keep any scented items like sunscreen, bug spray, or toothpaste out of your tent. Sleep one or two feet away from the sides of your tent. Zip your sleeping bag tightly around your head in your tent. Goddamn. I don't know. What's the question here? I'm getting... Experts also advise all of the following precautions except... It's probably the one that I laughed at. Yeah, let's go with that one. It is the one that I laughed at. (laughs) We should just rely on me for all of the bear advice, okay? All right. You're just instinctually good at bear stuff. So you've learned a lot about bear safety and are feeling somewhat emboldened. (laughs) They're clearly not listening to the show. You decide to take a trip to the town of Churchill in northern uh, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah. The the self-proclaimed polar bear capital of the world. In recent years, dangerous encounters between people and polar bears have been increasing, 
decreasing, staying about the same. Uh, increasing, absolutely increasing. Be- yeah, because of global warming, uh, uh, humans encroaching on their on their habitat, all these reasons. Wow, that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm surprised because you are doing so terrible well, with I'm this. Gonna- what? As sea ice melts with climate change in recent decades, hungry polar bears are spending more time on land, and confrontations between polar bears and people are yeah, rising. Digging people's trash and shit. And then you encounter a polar... Why are you looking at me like that? Well, why didn't you write that section of the bear quiz? You seem to know polar bears yeah, the best. I'm a polar bear expert. It's the black and brown bears. Yeah. Yeah. While you're in Churchill, you are planning to head out of town for some Arctic hiking and camping. In addition to bear spray, which of the following should you include in your provisions? An electronic early warning system, signal flares, a battery-powered electric camping fence, or all of the above. Let's go with all of the above. It's, you always have to, yeah. right? Yeah, it's all of the above. Of course it is. All those things are very <laughs> sensible. Okay, the most dangerous time of day to meet a polar bear is morning, midday, early evening, night. I have no idea. I'm going to guess morning. No, morning is when they're like, on. The, they just woke up. They're on the prowl for some food. Well, it's actually night. Yeah, they've already done their eating for their day. And they're getting, they're tired. They're ready to, they're tuckered out. Are you, are you giving an explanation for any answer here? Yeah, just you know, <laughs> polar bears. I'm the expert. Okay, so most of them are care at night, so it's good news. All right, so hopefully everyone learned something from this very exciting bear hopefully, quiz. Hopefully, you learned something other than I'm a dumb fuck about bears. Because I think everybody's for sure walking away with that. Well, so based on our responses, their advice to us is, you know a lot about bears. Take a trip to Yellowstone. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. No. But so. thank you. Thank you, New York Times. So anyway. Um, Hopefully the audience did as well as you, at least. Um, because then you, too, will be ready to go to Yellowstone. Yikes. Not good. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think about my overwhelming knowledge of <laughs> bears and bear trivia. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's get to some voicemails. Um, last time on the show, maybe we'll preface this voicemail. Someone told me in in a in advice giving mode that I don't need to be the constant constant clown constant oh. clown and uh <laughs> this voicemail is about that hi guys it's uh ed from uh oregon with a few notes about your last broadcast we love uh, notes Jesse, you're too serious oh you need to clown it up a bit mm. Brittany. I think you look like a younger Deborah Winger. Oh. With the mind of Perry Mason. Mm. No. I love you both. You got me through this fever dream of reality. Even though one of you is a ginger sausage, <laughs> stay strong, stay kind, and may blessings rain down upon both of you. God bless. Over and out. If I'm having anything rain down upon me, I think I do want it to be blessings. Yeah, that would be great. We really appreciate that. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Ed. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I, I I can only be me, whether it be constant clown or or serious commentator on the the day's headlines. Yeah. I'm I, we had the Patreon call this weekend. We did. And someone made some similar reference to, "Oh, it's nice to see that you're 
this is just you. It's mm-hmm. like people like when I hosted for for when I subbed for David Pakman, mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, oh, this it's this is like you putting on a show or something. Well, I think the on the Patreon call, it was more like um, nice to see you're just like a regular person, I think was the phrase. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I took it a different way. Yeah. Like, like, I, like normally I'm putting on a show when I'm on. I mean, obviously we're putting on a show here. Yeah. But this is, I'm just this stupid all the time. Well, well, you typically know more about bears, honestly. Constant I think clown. being on the show really took away from your bear knowledge. Maybe I'm faking it for the show. I'm putting on... That's the a, show you're an putting ignorance on. Ignorance about bears. Yeah. So how how young of a Deborah Winger are we talking? Like an urban cowboy Deborah Winger? Like you know what I mean? Oh, he called back. He he answered that question. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm kidding. He did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So thanks, Ed. We appreciate the voicemail. It's nice to know that not everyone uh, is contemptuous of clowns. Constant clown. Next up, Nico in South Carolina. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Nico from South Carolina. Um, I was just listening to their most recent podcast and I just want to say how much I appreciate Brittany for bringing up Narcan. Um, I am a recovering addict, been seven years clean and the most successful thing I ever did in life was be a functional drug addict. And when Brittany was talking about Narcan, um, most states, you do not need a prescription to get Narcan. So anybody can go and get it. Um, and because of the fentanyl going around, if someone's administered one, most likely it will not save them completely, but it will delay them from dying for the EMT to get there and arrive to administer more. So... It's not everybody is going to pull over if they see someone that looks like they're asleep or anything like that. But if you live in a big city um, where there's a huge population of homeless and drug addiction present, it is good to keep one on you because you can really save a life. And so thank you guys very much for bringing this up because it is really important. And not every addict will thank you when you do administer Narcan because it throws them into an instant withdrawal. So on behalf of every drug addict out there, thank you very much for potentially saving a life. And on a happier note, I just bought a couple of your sweatshirts, uh, the Treason sweatshirts, which are amazing. They feel so soft that I can't wait for it to get a little bit cooler for me to actually wear it outside. But, Jesse, I want a sweatshirt that says piss straight the fuck off because that is the most amazing little phrase that I would love to be wearing around here. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. And uh, keep on keeping on. Thank you guys. Is, I mean, obviously that's something I said. I, I have no recollection of telling someone mm-hmm. or intimating that into the universe to piss straight the fuck off. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't recall that. I say a lot of stuff. You do. 
Yes. Well, and thank you for this call, Nico. That's um, awesome. Thank you for also encouraging people to get Narcan. Narcan is actually available without a prescription in all states, D.C. and Puerto Rico. So you can go into a pharmacy like CVS and you can get it directly from a pharmacist without a doctor's prescription. And stick it in your, in your, in your I was going to say jockey box, but no one will know what I'm talking about because that's a weird Your glove item. box. Your glove box, your glove compartment in right. your car. Yes. So um, feel free to do that. And you can also look up um, trainings on how to administer Narcan so that you are more comfortable carrying it so that you feel like you know what you're doing. Um, Isn't it also a drug that if you, you find somebody unresponsive and you're unsure if it's a drug overdose, you won't harm somebody. Like if someone's having a heart attack and you give them Narcan, it won't kill them. No. You will just have used your Narcan. No big deal. Right. It's only effective um, with people that have taken opioids. So yeah. it's going to do nothing. It's going to do nothing. Yeah. There. So it, like I, I've thought about like, uh, I don't know if I would have the 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 fortitude to like, oh, just make the decision. Like hope it's a drug overdose. And then isn't it like a... a, a like a flow naze, you just spray it into the nose? Yeah. Well, and pe- that's that's kind of why I was talking about the trainings, because for people that are like, okay, well, I'm happy to carry it, but I would have concerns about right. like administering it. I don't know how that would work logistically, like if I just see someone on the street. Right. You can't hurt somebody by giving it to them. Yeah, but it's also t- taking a training online is a good way to kind of get sure. some of those questions answered so that you don't feel like you're just going to be giving it to someone who doesn't need it, yeah. you know? I mean, it sounds it sounds like a um a no-brainer kind of a situation if you live in an area, especially not not if you, but especially if you live in an area where there is a high rate of overdoses from opioids or heroin um with the, the the current situation we have in the United States, it's mm-hmm. it's important. Yeah, well, and and that's why I'm talking about the training because they do teach you how to identify an overdose and specifically opioids effects on suppressing the body's ability to breathe and they teach you how to approach someone if they're not breathing or they're struggling to breathe and calling their name and rubbing your knuckles on their chest I mean there's there's things that you can do it's not just oh you see someone sleeping on the street and then you run up to them and like yeah put Narcan I mean right you know there's like process involved so but it also comes with directions so Anyway, if you're interested in that, definitely check it out because you could save a life. Absolutely. Very important. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate Nitko very, very much. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Ben in Seattle. Uh, hey, just something I noticed uh, that uh, uh, I don't feel like got enough attention during that Ingram, John uh, John Taffer, the bar rescue guy, uh, that uh, interview that you guys were talking about, one of the things that he was talking about was that in the military, they don't feed the dogs during the day. They only feed them at night because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. And I think that really gives away kind of the game is if you are hungry, you are controllable. And that really is the point. It's not, it's not that, well, people need to be hungry to be motivated to work. It's people need to be, they need to keep people hungry. So, they don't cause problems. Anyway, that was just my thought on it. Uh, love you guys. You guys have a uh, – I always enjoy the show. So uh, thank you. Have a good day. Awesome point. For sure. Uh, did not think of this. And it's uh, it's almost like one of those, what the fuck, dude? Why didn't you 
make that connection because it's, I was thinking of, maybe I was preoccupied, now I'm making excuses. Maybe I was preoccupied with, like, is it true that they don't feed military working dogs until night? I mean, who even knows if, how the fuck would that dumbass know that's the case? But the point that Ben's making is absolutely true. That it's, this is about control. This is about keeping people in their place. It's, it's like having, having a citizenry that's, that's um, uneducated and illiterate and starving because then they'll be more focused on survival and eating than they are on revolution and, and changing the way things are and making things better for themselves on, at a systemic level. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is why people start to get radicalized when they're overworked and tired and yeah, yeah. Um, some people, right? Some people, that's where kind of that sense of what am I doing here? What is life? What are they having us do <laughs> starts to kick in. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, I mean, when you're in the midst of the slog, it's, it is. It's tough to think about anything else and to fight for your power and fight for your life to be better. So that's why it's uh, not admirable to be apolitical. That's something that I keep thinking. Like I've yeah, been yeah, seeing yeah. so many posts from people talking about <laughs> the mask mandate or vaccines and they work in certain professions and they're very careful to say like, this is not a political post. It's like, well, why don't you take a stance? Like, why don't you take a stand? Why exactly. don't you say something? I mean, yeah, well, I, I mean, ultimately, it's it's uh, for me, it's no different than both sides in something. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I, I'm, I don't get political. Well, maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe you should because people are suffering and you're in a position to where you might be able to influence some people. Absolutely. So you're a coward. Fuck off. No, no. Well, Excuse that's me. let me let me let me amend that. Um... Let, me, let me dial it back. You're a coward. Piss straight the fuck off. OK. All right. We appreciate me very much. I appreciate me also very much. And Nico, I know for one, very much appreciates me. See, that's my drunk talk right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Last call, Nathan from Colorado. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Nathan in Denver. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about it, but the Supreme Court uh, just decided to uh, overturn the eviction moratorium. Uh... And I guess I want to go back to a couple episodes where, you know, you guys are having a discussion about whether or not we should get in people's faces in public with the whole Tucker Carlson thing. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately where the the reason that those people don't want us to do it is they don't want others to then, you know, do the same thing. They They want to keep us in line. And so all of them, of course, agree with each other and the politicians as well agree. They don't want us uh, in their faces. Well, I think it's time for us to get in their faces. I think that it is time that we take the power back into our hands. We voted. You know, we did our part. And we still ended up here. So, I mean, how much – when is enough enough? You know, I I, I just – I'm I'm starting to completely lose faith in this country and its ability to do the right thing. Anyway, uh – just wanted to chime in because I'm quite uh, upset about this. I have friends that will be affected by this. And it just boggles my mind at this point. Anyway, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. 
I am on the same page with that. With now, everything there. Yeah. What a tremendous stressor this has been for people who are facing eviction, for people who are working to try to prevent people from being evicted and stay in their homes. Again, I keep going back to this $46.5 billion in rental aid that is supposed to be distributed and only 5.1 billion of 46.5 billion has been distributed. Yeah. That is absurd. In July, just 1.7 billion had been distributed. Now, this was supposed to be spent over 3 years. I don't know why, but that's apparently what they're saying. Um, but the White House has been pressuring local officials, tweaking the program to make it easier to access, and they had hoped that states would have spent much more than this by now. Thankfully, we have House progressives like Ayanna Presley, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Jimmy Gomez, Cori Bush, that are now pressuring Congress to pass legislation to extend the eviction moratorium. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what this is here. That's where we are. I mean, the Supreme Court, yeah. And I I don't know the ins and outs or the the legal um, X's and O's here. But even Lancey Pelosi said, no, Biden can't do that. That's why'd you look over? You said Lancey Pelosi. Nancy (laughs) Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi even said, well, that's not the president's... That's the power of Congress. Last time. Last time she yeah, said well, it was about Last student, month. It was about student loan debt, but she's also in the past talked about the power of Congress. Well, if that's the case, do your job! If that's the case, you're in Congress, you're the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Make it happen, Cap'n! Do it! Instead of talking into all these platitudes, make it happen so the Supreme Court can't say that the president is overstepping his his authority. Come on. Well, in, in those House progressives that I just mentioned sent a letter to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and in part they wrote, quote, as your fellow colleagues, we implore you to act with the highest levels of urgency to advance a permanent legislative solution in a must-pass legislative vehicle in order to extend the life-saving federal eviction moratorium for the duration of the deadly global health crisis. We must continue to curb the spread of the Delta variant using every legislative tool at our disposal in Congress. And listen, this is a desperate moment for millions. Well, 1.2 million households right now face it. 1.2 million households in America face eviction, while, like we're talking about, only 11% of this money has been uh, distributed. The Supreme Court has ended the Biden administration's COVID-related ban on evictions, siding with landlords who said the eviction moratorium puts them at risk of irreparable harm. Congress has authorized some $46 billion in rental assistance in separate relief packages, but as Stephanie Sy reports, just a fraction of that has been distributed, and now many renters may be in trouble. That's right, Amna. Just about 11 percent or five billion dollars of that federal aid actually has been distributed by state and local governments months after Congress approved it. And people need that aid. Census estimates show that as many as one point two million households say they are very likely to face eviction in the next two months. Overall, more than eight million people say they are behind on their rent. 
Kristen Randall has a firsthand view of all of this as a court-mandated officer tasked with enforcing evictions in Tucson, Arizona. Constable Randall, thank you so much for joining the NewsHour. I understand that soon after last night's Supreme Court decision, you started getting calls immediately from landlords. Tell us about that and how you responded. Hi, thank you for having me. I did immediately receive calls. We found out pretty late last night about the decision from the Supreme Court, and I received uh, four phone calls and three text messages before 8 a.m. this morning from landlords who wanted to immediately enforce evictions against recently delayed uh, families who had been seeking rental assistance. We know that a lot of small landlords have been squeezed during the pandemic, but let's talk about the renters. What's been your approach to evictions during the pandemic? During the pandemic, uh, I've been very careful to approach families prior to the actual eviction so that I can find out if they have a plan, what their needs might be, and to see if they did qualify for the CDC order. That proactive approach did uh, mean that we were able to work with families and with landlords to get rental assistance out maybe a little bit sooner than some of the other counties. And yet there are still a lot of people nationally who report they've applied for rental assistance. They're not getting it now that the eviction moratorium has been lifted. Um, what are those families to do? What are you advising? I'm advising families to immediately call the agency that has been handling their a rental assistance application and to find out where that application is in the process and get a timeline. This way they can go and have a very open dialogue with their landlord about that rental assistance application and let them know maybe you have three, four, five weeks to wait, but that money will come through and to potentially get a voluntary delay by the landlord so that they can stay housed. Now, from where you sit, do you have any leniency that you can give once a court has said this tenant can be evicted? Do you have any discretion on deciding whether to give somebody the 15 minutes to gather their things and leave their apartment or to decide to give them more time? So in Arizona, we have very little discretion, but we do have a little bit. This is why I like to go ahead of the eviction to make contact with families so that they have a little bit more time. But once we get there, once we get that order in, we maybe have a few days. What are you expecting to happen now, Constable? Will you see a flood of eviction notices go out that you need to enforce? We are expecting a, a giant number of evictions to come in in the next few weeks and months. We have been preparing for the last few months for that, so we're hoping that some of these plans will be able to mitigate that. You have spent a lot of time with families facing eviction in your job because, as you said, your approach is to warn them before you enforce the eviction, eviction notices. When you think about them in light of this Supreme Court decision today, what is your biggest concern? And can you describe an example of a family that illustrates the challenge during the pandemic to stay in housing? I have a family right now where the mother is going through cancer treatments. She filed for eviction prevention assistance about four weeks ago. She's still waiting on her application to be completed. And uh, her landlord is one of the landlords who called me this morning to see if we could go ahead with the eviction right away. I am concerned that she has nowhere to go since the shelters are largely full and there are not a lot of resources out there for families right now. We're going to do the best we can, but I'm really concerned about where people are going to go. 
Tucson is among one of the cities in the country that does have a high rate of evictions. Is part of the problem here also just enough affordable housing? And do you have that concern that some people will end up homeless after you enforce those evictions? So Tucson especially has a real issue with available housing right now. There's waiting lists for units. That's what we're seeing. So when a family is evicted, finding housing for them to go to is especially difficult. And now that they have an eviction on their record, it'll be even more challenging. I'm very concerned that a lot of families will be going to the streets homeless. Kristen Randall, an elected constable in Tucson, Arizona. Thank you so much for joining the News Hour with your perspective. Thank you so much. So this points to the importance of Congress taking action. And I actually want to read from the Supreme Court decision that determined that Congress needs to act in order to extend the moratorium. Quote, Congress was on notice that a further extension would almost surely require new legislation, yet it failed to act in the weeks in the several weeks leading up to the moratorium's expiration. If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. So what are we doing here? And listen, it is easy for Democrats in Congress in in the House of Representatives to say, well, it's not going to pass with the Senate. But you have to put the good faith, you have to, to, to act in good faith to do so and put that L on Republicans. You have to act so that Republicans in front of everyone reject the proposal. You have to act So the 1.2 million people who are facing eviction, 1,200,000 households, not just people, families with children, when they get kicked out onto the street, Republicans, if you don't even do anything, then you're just as culpable as them. Well, and if you, Lancey Pelosi, if you're upset about the Supreme Court decision and horrified by it, and you were also one of those people that, like, couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, I want you to walk into a room in your house that has a mirror and take a very long look at yourself in that mirror. Because or, go ahead. <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have an alternative suggestion. Well, no, because I think this is important. That, that Look at the ramifications of this, of Donald Trump's election. The now 6-3 Supreme Court. Yes. And in situations like this, that will result in millions of people being evicted, um, being homeless, being in the streets. I mean, this is this is the real world here. I mean, I don't understand why people don't understand this, but it's very serious. This is why I said it's not admirable to be apolitical. I mean, it has real it has a real impact on everybody's life. I would suggest that you, after you do what Brittany said, where you go in and you look in the mirror and you reflect on yourself, you you find another room in your house that may or may not contain a frying pan and smash it over your stupid fucking head. Because you're the reason, in large part, that we have a 6-3, that we have a 6-3 Supreme Court with a bunch of nutters on it because Donald Trump was allowed to pick Supreme Court justices. 
views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Just in case. Well, I think, and also people get upset when you start talking about this issue. Um, A lot of people, you know, get offended. So, Well, you know what? Get the fuck over yourself. You are part of the problem. So if you listen, you think I wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton? You think I wanted to reward her with the most power on the planet? No, of fucking course not. But I did so because of exactly what happened with Donald Trump's administration. I loathe Hillary Clinton. But I did so because I don't loathe our country and I don't loathe its people who need help. Frying pan. Good times. All right. Moving on. We do love you. Even, you know, those of you who did the wrong thing. (laughs) I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you to our new Patreon supporters, Rebecca C. Rebecca C. Michael S. Michael S. Tiberius. Tiberius. Alana A. Alana A. Brendan M. Brendan M. Godfrey L. Godfrey L. Kimba A. Kimba A. And then this person left. Is this the one with no name? Yeah, they left their name blank. (laughs) It's because when you get it, when someone signs up, it says, um, Patreon, uh, welcome or meet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And there's like a little emoji of like the horn at a party. Yeah. With like the confetti. Right. Right. And it says meat and it's blank. Yes. So we just spent a lot of time talking about blank. Good times. Thank you all to our new Patreon supporters. I was going to possibly read the name from the email, but we won't do that because maybe you don't want that. And that's why you left your name blank. So Uh, blank. Thank you so much, blank. We really appreciate that. We appreciate each and every one of you um, Patreon supporters. We enjoyed our monthly hangout this month. Uh, Very few people joined and we had a new person join when no one was on the call. And I wasn't even in there. I was up brushing my teeth. Yes. Well, because it it took a while for people to join. So you just just decided to go do other activities. (laughs) I wouldn't call like it's like an activity like about, you know, you know, dodging bear attacks. I, I just went up to brush my teeth. I understand, but uh, then other people did join, and we had a good time. So just remember, the monthly Patreon hangouts, they are every month, every single month, the last Saturday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So for September, that's going to be September 25th, Saturday, September 25th at 11 a.m. And we use Zoom for those. That is right. And you'll get an email or you'll get a message via Patreon. Yep. And some people try to join after the call has ended. Usually it's 45 minutes to an hour. Yep. And uh, if if you click the link and no one's there, there's no call, that means... It's ended. It over. Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. And by it over, I mean it's over. Yeah. 
Anyway, we thank you guys. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for your generosity and support of this program, your generosity and production of this program, because that's really what it is. Brittany and I have been at this for going on eight years. This this 2021 fucking flew by. Isn't that crazy? I mean, seriously, we're almost into February of next year. We'll be eight years of doing this podcast. Wow. Almost a decade, woman. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty wild. Are we going to be doing a Thanksgiving episode this year? Uh, if we're going to do it, we got to get on it. Well, because remember, like you didn't to... you didn't do it last year because you get frustrated by having to basically like get on your knees and beg yes. for people to call in. Pulling teeth. That's prick shit, bro. Yeah. That's prick shit. But I think it would be nice because it's typically very uplifting and positive. I mean, that's the way that we intend for it to be. And people talk about what they're thankful for. They reflect on their experiences during the year. And again, we're kind of in this weird, hard time where there's been a lot of struggle. So I think that's why we skipped it last year. We're going to do it this year. We're going to do it. Um, We need to have people start right fucking now. I know it's August, but it takes so long for people to get around. So start thinking about it. Email. A a voice memo is preferred because it's better audio quality. Don't do it while you're driving with uh, with car noise. If you want to do it in a car, sit in a quiet car. Email us a minute and a half. Don't say who you are. You don't have to say you appreciate the show. We're going to cut all of that out. That'll be edited out. It's anonymous. And just tell us what you're thankful for this year. We will put um, a link to a previous year's episode, mm-hmm. uh, previous year's sampling of it uh, online. Yeah. So you can see what it, what it's about. You I, can also just go to YouTube and search Dollamore Thanksgiving. Yeah, and there's yeah. several of them on your YouTube That's channel. For sure, for yeah. Sure. So anyway, um, I do want to do that. I do. I, I think it's important. And here's the thing about it is everybody seems to, not, I don't want to say everybody, but we get a lot of feedback of how important and how great it was that people got to hear that mm-hmm. and how, how wonderful, how, how thankful people are for the episode. Right. And it's one of those things that after it's done, people are like, oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just putting the work in because it is asking a lot of the audience it to, is. Yeah. to have dozens of people call in and tell us what they're thankful for. Yeah. But yeah, that would be great. Um, so we're doing it. We just decided. We just decided. 657-464. Okay. 7609, I doubt it, at com. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So let's talk about this situation with Donald Trump right now and the January 6th Select Committee that's investigating the insurrection. Uh, Donald Trump has a new... Uh, spokesperson, her name is Liz Harrington, and she posted a statement from Donald Trump that he was uh, going to fight this committee's uh, seeking of secret documents related to the events of January 6th. He's going to fight it using executive privilege because Donald Trump is so daft, he believes that he still has presidential powers. He thinks that he can refuse subpoenas because of executive privilege. And that is just not the case. And I want to talk about it a little bit. Here's a report from CNN talking specifically about the matter. Developing overnight, former President Trump threatening to invoke executive privilege to block the House Select Committee that is investigating the January 6th insurrection from obtaining a wide range of documents that it's demanding from several U.S. government agencies. CNN's Whitney Wilde 
is joining us now. This uh, this is a big request. He would have reason to be concerned. Absolutely. So this request is about 40 pages long. Um, it concerns uh, communications, records that go all the way back to April 2020. And the committee is looking at, again, a wide range of decisions and actions that might have been made by the Trump administration, people within his orbit, as well as within the campaign. Here's just a snapshot of some of the people that uh, were are possibly subjects in this investigation. None of those names would be a surprise. So Mark Meadows, uh, Trump loyalist Roger Stone, members of the Trump family, none of that is surprising. The breadth of the scope, though, might be surprising and possibly was to uh, the former president. Here's what he said. Unfortunately, this partisan exercise is being performed at the expense of longstanding legal principles of privilege, executive privilege, will be defended. These Democrats have only one tired trick, political theater, and their latest request only reinforces that pathetic reality. Harsh words. It is ultimately now President Biden who will have the ultimate say over whether these White House records are released. We've already seen a few snippets in some of these other document dumps, communications between members of the Trump administration and the Department of Justice. This request spans uh, again, a wide range of actions, which could include what the president knew about the election, efforts to overturn the election, efforts the Trump administration made to remove key players in key agencies and insert Trump loyalists. And then finally, what happened on the day of the riot? Brianna, that includes possibly, a well, at least requesting, we don't know if we'll get them, outtakes from the video that he posted telling the rioters to eventually go home. Uh, here's what meaning they want... They want, they want the ones the that didn't get posted. Right. They want what's on the uh, the cutting room floor. Um, Interesting. And here, so uh, we had Representative Zill Lofgren on CNN last night. Here's what she had to say. We are trying to find out what happened leading up to January 6th, the various elements, the reasoning, uh, who instigated it, why they instigated it, uh, and the like. Uh, we want to find out every element of it. And so uh, we've made this request, and this is, as I said, just the beginning. Well, she's right. So in those document requests, they acknowledge that this is just the start of what will probably be a rolling request for documents. This may set up a lengthy legal battle, and Trump could eventually try to go to court. Again, we know that it's President Biden who has the ultimate say over the White House records and uh, with regards to executive privilege. And Brianna, all of this is supposed to be due by September 9th. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out, not just for... Um, you know, finding some things out relative to the insurrection on January 6th and what and what took place, uh, especially within the White House. But I'm inter- interested to see whether Biden is going to try to protect executive privilege for the presidency itself and in, in by doing so, protecting Donald Trump from consequence here. Because there have been ways... That the Justice Department, for instance, defending Donald Trump in the defamation case of E. Jean Carroll, mm-hmm. they're continuing to defend Donald Trump mm-hmm. inexplicably. And I want to see if they do that here. Yeah. So the other thing we want to talk about before we end is the fact that there is a recall election here in California for Gavin Newsom. Yeah, this is very important because we've actually heard concerns from people where they say, I don't know if enough Californians know about this. I don't even know if they're aware that this is happening. So, yes, a recall election for Governor Gavin Newsom is taking place. We have received our ballots. Mine is filled out and ready to be dropped. We're going to be doing that this week. And we recommend that everyone in the state of California vote no. Yeah, I am voting no. I am unhappy with Gavin Newsom. I think he has behaved 
uh, deplorably as a leader during the pandemic. Uh, I believe that hypocrisy on the scale that he displayed is unacceptable, but not unacceptable enough to vote against the recall to get someone like Larry Elder, who is the leading Republican right now, a talk radio dingus, um, not qualified, even by his own mouth, does not have the temperament to be governor of California. Listen to Larry Elder. Uh, most recently, somebody that you know quite well has approached me. And I said, I subscribe to the Walter Cronkite philosophy. I'd love to serve. I hate to have to run. I just don't believe I have the stomach, the temperament, the personality, the drive, the willingness to deal with these doofy in Sacramento for the next several years of my life. Uh, have I exhausted all of my excuses yet? Anyway, thank you very much for that. It's very flattering, but no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run. I, I would miss being on the radio as well. And of course, he is running, and is now the leading Republican contender out of dozens of Republican contenders to take over for Gavin Newsom. Very Trump-esque, right? Didn't Trump used to say similar things about how he would miss his life too much oh, and yeah. he has more money to make? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he's quickly diving in. But for me, it's it's Larry Elder's a liar because he was either lying when he said this or he's lying now while on the campaign trail and saying he has what it takes to be governor. Hmm. I mean, did his temperament change? Did the very nature of his personality and the drive that he has change? Or is he just a liar? I mean, that's the question. Mm -hmm. um, to that point, the question is, who is Larry Elder? Because listen, there are, and I'm not kidding, dozens of people on the ballot. Larry Elder is at the very top of the heap of Republicans. And I think it's important for Californians to know just who Larry Elder is is during slavery a black kid was more likely to be born under a roof with his biological mother and biological father than today that's the problem i told you that the minimum wage has racist origins the democrats refusal to even consider the privatization of social security it is outrageous that the democrats believe that donald trump is a racist this is larry elder a right-wing radio host and regular Fox News commentator with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Sound familiar? You could be a kind of drain-the-swamp governor. A bit of Trumpian, Trumpian philosophy comes to Sacramento. On September 14th, Californians will vote in a Republican-led recall election to oust Governor Gavin Newsom. And right now, Larry Elder is leading the pack of contenders to replace him. With polls tightening... Elder could very well be elected if a majority of voters don't oppose the recall of the governor. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom faces a recall election. Organizers say they've submitted over 2 million signatures supporting a move to oust him. So who is Larry Elder? And what does he believe? Larry Elder has called Roe v. Wade one of the worst decisions that the Supreme Court ever handed down and threatened to fire thousands of public school teachers if he's elected. He also opposes the minimum wage. Regarding the minimum wage, the correct minimum wage ought to be zero. How do you think California voters currently earning the minimum wage would react to that? Well, uh, given the uh, indoctrination that people have about the minimum wage, they probably would react to it well. And when it comes to the environment, 
Elder all but denies that climate change is responsible for the massive fires that rage across California every year. Because of the stranglehold the environmentalists have had on Washington, on uh, Sacramento for the last 20 or 30 years, anti-growth, 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 anti-oil and gas, anti-water. Believe that fires, for instance, in California have gotten worse because of climate change. Uh, I'm not sure it's because of climate change. Fires have gotten worse because of the failure of this governor. With the COVID-19 pandemic still rampant, Elder says he will lift mask mandates and COVID testing requirements if he's elected. No state worker is going to be required to take a test once a week or be required to wear masks at work. He recently had an anti-vaccine physician on his show, trumpeting conspiracy theories about the virus. Bill Gates, who's behind things like this. Right. He wants population control, so I, I ultimately don't have a lot of trust in what they're doing. So how does the recall actually work? The ballots being mailed out to every registered voter in California will ask two questions. One, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? And two, if Newsom is recalled, who do you want to replace him? If more than 50% of voters choose to recall Newsom, the recall candidate with the most votes will become governor, even if they receive a minority of the vote. This means, in a state without a single Republican in statewide office, a right-wing candidate could become the governor of California with just a fragment of the vote. Every active, registered California voter should receive a mail ballot to vote, and they must return it by Election Day, Tuesday, September 14th. So this is important, too. If you live in the state of California, if you're not registered within 14 days of an election, you can also register the day of the vote. So again, September 14th. And every registered voter in the state of California should have received a mail ballot in their mailbox. So... As soon as you can, and we're in the same boat, I mean, like I said, mine is just, I, I need to go drop it, um, fill it out, drop it, and get it in there, because it's really important that we prevent the, I think it's like 46 goofballs who uh, are on the ballot, including Caitlyn Jenner, John Cox, who's campaigning with a Kodiak bear, some YouTube personality who said that he would solve California's water problems with a pipeline to the Mississippi River. Um, a Green Party candidate whose official candidate bio simply says, can you dig it? So again, there's... It's like the Libertarian Party convention. Yeah, we. it's <laughs> it's a nightmare. So let's just get this out of the way. No on the recall and let's all move along. And then we can, we can primary Gavin Newsom next election, which is like next year. With hopefully a more progressive Democrat. Yeah, a decent person who's not... Um, not even following his own COVID uh, mandates, going yeah. out to dinner and large gatherings at the French Laundry. He, he's just, he's no good. Well, again, vote no on the recall. That's that right. really is the Sorry. important takeaway. Yes, yeah. that is the important takeaway. We're voting no, but we can still recognize. But in the midst of this, let's just focus on that. On, on the okay. no. Okay. All right. All right. It's the asshole of today. Apostle Jeffrey Holland. Apostle Jeffrey Holland of the Mormon Church. Yes. So the apostle is asshole of today. 
And why is that? Well, listen, Brigham Young University announced the creation of an office of belonging. Mm. And people are upset about this. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a celebrating diversity kind of an office. Yeah, so according to the statement from BYU, the Office of Belonging will not only be core to BYU's efforts to root out racism, but also to combat prejudice of any kind, including that based on race, ethnicity, nationality, tribe, gender, age, disability, socioeconomic status, religious belief, and sexual orientation. They list it last, of course, because it's the Mormons. Well, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is that uh, Apostle Jeffrey Holland has been very critical now of the faculty members and students who are challenging the faith's teachings on same-sex marriage. Because again, he's very upset about the office of belonging. Right. In 2019, the valedictorian of that year at BYU came out during their valedictorian speech as gay. Yes. And that did not sit well with the church and with the church leaders. And there is a there is a group of apostles which lead the church, which set policy for the church, which really is just a money-making organization. It's it's less that than a, than a, than a faith organization. They the, the the president of the Mormon Church, the prophet of the Mormon, it's fucking so weird. The prophet of the Mormon Church sits on the board of many different corporations, and the Mormon Church itself owns several corporations. Anyway, this guy is just a goddamn nightmare. So during the annual university conference for faculty and staff in Provo School's Marriott Center, he quoted from a recent letter that he received, which said that, quote, some faculty are not supportive of the church's doctrines and policies and choose to criticize them publicly. So basically his goal here is fall in line, quit criticizing the church, your BYU. And he says that the BYU staff and faculty should take up their intellectual muskets to defend the church of uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, especially, quote, the doctrine of the family and marriage is the union of a man and a woman. He criticized that some are choosing to aim, quote, friendly fire at the BYU campus. Ugh. They're all gross. These people are gross. Well, it's it's uh it leads to death. I mean, that's where this this leads. Um, this creates stigma, and this creates shame, and this creates a lot of problems for a lot of people, especially people who want to be in their church. They want to be accepted. They want to be within the community. I mean, especially in a church like the Mormon church, where there is so much emphasis on community and family and to not be included in that community and in that family is very harmful to people um, who are in the LGBTQ community. And so for him to make this speech, basically criticizing again the office of belonging like what 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 could you be upset about this right. reminds me of inclusion of, what yeah of my former pastor mark trailer who we've had on the show several times when he announced that he didn't believe in hell and the congregation was pissed like wait a minute people aren't gonna burn i'm out of here i can't people aren't gonna burn what, i'm done here what am i doing here if people aren't gonna burn <laughs> <laughs> And this is kind of the same thing, right? Wait a minute. An office of belonging? You you want to put an end to prejudice yeah, on the yeah, campus? Right. You want people to be accepted here. I'm anti-anti-racist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what 
it's it's very disturbing, especially because BYU is doing the right thing and moving in the right direction. Finally. In making this effort. Yeah. And certainly not doing enough, but moving in the right direction and making an effort, which is positive and obviously making waves within the church. They felt threatened enough that the apostle needs to come right. out and, and by make the way, this statement. This isn't just some rando. This is someone in a position of power within the Mormon church that has great in, um, outsized influence on Brigham Young University. The He was like the, the second Joseph Smith in the Mormon church mm-hmm. uh, after jo- uh, Joseph Smith was killed because he was a grifter. Anyway, not great. Not great at all. Yeah, so I think a well-earned um, feature in this segment, uh, when you start damaging young people and actively harming young people, which this doctrine does. Yeah, and so. I, 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 Idaho, uh, Utah does have um, a high suicide rate among the LGBTQ community because of this very thing, because of the the prize, because of the the emphasis that they put on family and community and then ostracize those. They out those, um, eject them, jettison them from the, the church and the family unit because of being born gay. They poured millions of dollars into the Prop 8 effort here in California to outlaw gay marriage. It just It's disgusting. So again, winner, winner, chicken dinner. He is deserved of today's asshole today. We'd love to know what you think, though. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We sure do love you guys. We appreciate all of your support on Patreon, through rating and reviewing the show on um, Apple Podcasts, on um, buying merch, and all of the ways. Telling a friend. We actually, we, we on the Patreon call this weekend, we talked to Matt, a new... new um, patron or a new joiner of the calls. Right. And he got turned on to the show by someone he works with mm-hmm. who told him about the the program. Yep. So that is a great way to support the show is just telling somebody who might be interested in listening to my dumbness about bears and Brittany's genius about everything else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. And until then, for Brittany Page... I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been High Doubt. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.